gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers, and we are going to focus on a training question that someone sent in to us that wanted to have it discussed on the show today. If you don't know, if you want to send us training questions, you can send them to sportingdogtv at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook page, which is the Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast Group, and you can post up questions there. What I like to try to do is hit topics that people are looking at and wondering about. I think it'll be a lot of recreates where we're talking about the same topics over and over, but that's fine because there are so many things that people get hung up on in training and with each discussion that we have and each time that I talk about it, I will probably say something with maybe a little bit more detail on one part or another that will really help people once they are working with their dogs. So that takes us to the question. The question we had today was how to work with a dog on breaking as well as dogs that are vocal. And both of those issues are a drive issue where a dog is high drive as well as a handler issue. So for the first part, we are going to talk about breaking. And that's something that I have dealt with with my own dogs And it is something that we can go into great detail on how I worked with this during the past year with my own dogs. So with breaking, that is basically where your dog is taking off either when birds are working in or when the birds hit the water or if you're running competition where the fall hits the water. It is something that dogs, they will become worse and worse at it if it's not corrected. A lot of times when you've got older dogs, like my dogs, they would break when the birds hit the ground, which in theory seems fine, but in the big scheme of things is very much a safety issue, especially when you're hunting out of layout blinds and you're on the ground. I know of one person that I uh, hunted with uh, on the TV show, his dog broke and clients shot at a bird and the dog leaped in the air and the dog perished. So... It is a safety issue, especially when you're hunting out of layout blinds. You're sitting up. Your gun barrel can be basically right at dog level. And I've even seen dogs run by as people are shooting. And they are putting the dog... They're coming near to where they're they're shooting the dog. So it is something you have to deal with. It is something that was a great critique that I had of the show where people would... uh, point out how can you have a a dog about uh, training and and breeding when your dogs are breaking. And it was a fair assessment 
my only explanation for it was when you have a television program and you're starting filming in August and you're ending filming in February and you're on the road for probably 20 days out of 30, you don't have a whole lot of time to train. And it's different in filming when you have to get birds. You can't pass on shots because you have to get the birds in the water because you need it for your program than it is hunting. I know people will probably call BS on that, but I will tell you that now when I have my dogs out, I'm handling my dogs, I'm totally different from when I was filming because of so many things. When you're filming, you've got, I would have my kids along, I'd have guides along, I'd have sponsors along, you got a camera guy, you got multiple camera angles, you got to kill birds, you got to make sure that you have good shots. If you don't have good shots, you have to shoot yourself to make sure birds are going down. So it was a lot going on. Now when I go out, I really don't care if I shoot birds. I'm out there just, just to enjoy the company of who I'm with, which is my friends or my uh, my boys. And this past year during teal season, I had both of my dogs break. Now, these are dogs that both have grand passes. And in the HRC, when you were talking about working with your uh, working with your obedience, if the dogs even creep, they will not pass the grants. So these were dogs that were rock solid on, on their obedience during competition but both broke during teal season. And it was something I'm, I, I looked at and went, I'm not dealing with this again. We're going to address it now. And that is what we're going to talk about now. When you have dogs that either in competition or in hunting are breaking, you have to correct it on the spot. That means that if you're out hunting, which most of the people that, that are listening to this show are not running competition, so we'll, we'll talk to it more from a hunting aspect. But when you're out hunting, if a dog breaks, I will have the collar on constant and I will push the button down on the collar and I will keep telling them here, 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 here until they turn to come back to me. And at that point, I let the pressure off and keep telling them here. Now, a high-drive dog, more than likely, is going to turn and start going back. And at that point, again, I hold the collar in constant here, 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 until the dog turns and comes all the way back in. When they come back in, I don't tell them good dog. I'm very stern with them. I tell them to sit. I'll make them sit there for probably anywhere from 10 seconds or more. And then I'll release them on their release, which is their name. So if it's my dog Ace, I'll say Ace and release him. I had Ace, who is qualified all age, master titled, finish titled, grand pass, break. And it took a whole hunt for me to get it fixed. I will tell you that I grabbed him by the scruff. I shook him. I told him, no, bad dog, sit. And then the rest of the hunt, I didn't shoot. Whenever he even moved off of his butt, so he wasn't in the seated position, I would nick him and tell him sit. I put a ton of pressure on him. He was not happy with me after the hunt. We actually had a bird go down, oh, probably like 400 yards away. It was one of those, it was a teal, one of those uh, that they're flying away and all of a sudden they just dropped dead. So I knew the bird was there. We never did recover the bird because Ace was to the point of looking at me like, you know what, you're just going to correct me no matter what, so I'm just going to sit here. Period. I'm going to stay next to you at heel. I'm going to do my obedience. And if, if you send me out, I am going to come out, go out. I'm going to go in a straight line. I'm not going to hunt it. I'm going to come right back. So it was a training attitude issue that I had with them. 
but it had to be corrected at the time. I would say that I corrected him in the neighborhood of about 20 or 30 times during that hunt. I really made an impression on him. So at that point, then I had a dog that had an attitude issue because I put a ton of pressure on him. You'll see that where they get real pouty. Then I went back and I threw bumpers for him and made things really fun. We threw fun bumpers. So there was no making him sit and heal. It was just plain fetch. And then I would have him sit. I would throw the bumper. I would release him on his name. And when he came back, I gave him a ton of positive. When you are putting a lot of pressure on a dog to correct a negative situation, still keep in mind that you have to give them 70, 80, 90% positive during a training session so that they understand, you know what? They really like it when I do X, Y, and Z. They really get upset when I do this and I get corrected. Now, that would be a hunting situation. If you are dealing with it where you are doing training and a dog is breaking, one, I run my dogs out of dog blinds as well as at heel, as well as remotely when I'm releasing them on birds. If a dog breaks, I would try correcting them, again, with constant pressure, here, 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 bring them back in, so constant uh, e-collar pressure until the dog turns to come toward you. And then, if it happens again, you could have a second dog there and release the second dog after the dog comes back and not let them have the retrieve because that is what they want. They have drive. They want the retrieve. You could basically show them, listen, if you break, you're going to get corrected and you don't get the retrieve. Or if you're working and it's just yourself and you don't have two dogs out, what you could do is you can <clears throat> take the dog back and put the dog away and go get another dog to pick up your bumper. Bring the dog back out later so that they understand, wow, I don't even get to go retrieve anything if I break. So I want to make sure that I'm listening and that I'm in that position. When you're dealing with dogs, whether they break or not, you still want to put them in positions where you're shooting a primer pistol. Uh, I shoot it when they're in a dog blind or shoot it when they're next to me. Raise the level of excitement. Hunting dogs, I call on my duck calls. I get them amped up. Again, I'm getting them amped up so I can teach them, no, you need to stay there. The other secret is you can't do it in all of tests. It depends on the test you're in, but sit there and calmly tell the dog, sit, good dog, sit, good. Hunting, I especially do that. As birds are coming in, I'm telling the dog, sit, good boy, sit, good, sit. And I'm keeping them so that they understand you're going to sit, you're going to get rewarded with positive voice inflection, and then they get rewarded with the retrieve once the, the bird is down and I release them. So I hope that helps about breaking. Stay tuned next as we're going to talk about dogs being vocal, vocal or vocality in dogs after this. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are to the second part of the fan question which is how to work with your dogs when they're vocal. And I'll probably irritate some people, but I will flat out say that vocality or dogs being vocal is in many times genetic. I had a line, a uh, chocolate female, uh, her name was Maddie, and she is the most vocal dog I've ever had in my kennel, as well as when she was out hunting. Now, that could have been 
probably fixed if the person I had Manny placed with uh, was on top of her more as a handler. But quite honestly, I don't think it was even that. I think it was just a dog that had so much drive and was so just geeked in the field that she couldn't control herself and couldn't control her level of excitement. When you have a dog that is vocal, the minute that a dog shows any nature of being vocal, you have to correct it immediately. When I have dogs in for training, for our gun dog training, I work with them on different retrieves. And if the dog is vocal at all, I will grab them by the muzzle and tell them quiet. I will also, once they're collar conditioned, use the collar and nick them with the collar by saying quiet at the same time. But the caution on this is if a dog is super excited, if you nick them, it raises the level of excitement and can cause the vocality or the, the, the whining or barking. So it's looking at your dog and deciding, okay, what do I need to do? And then correcting them and correcting them again consistently over and over and over. You probably won't see it as much in training as you do in hunting or running tests. But if a dog is being vocal, we don't want them to be rewarded with a retrieve. So if you're running competition and the dog is being vocal at the line, I would put the dog back away. If the dog is being vocal in hunting, I would either go pick up the bird myself or let another dog go and get the bird. But again, you're going to be correcting it constantly because you want the dog to understand that anytime it is vocal, you are going to either grab the dog by the muzzle and tell it quiet, or you're going to nick them with the collar and tell them quiet so that they, again, realize, all right, hunting is fun, but when I do this, it's not fun. And it comes down to consistency. To fix a dog that is vocal in training when I'm first training them when they're young, generally speaking, I only have to work with them two or three sessions and correct them probably two or three times during each session to keep them under control. But I always warn handlers when they're taking their dogs home, vocal or not, when you are out hunting, you are now a handler. You're not a hunter. You need to be a handler and worry about your dog and watch them for breaking and vocality because that is what you are going to have that will be a self-fulfilling prophecy and get worse. So again, consistency, correction every time. And if you're out hunting, put your gun down, be a handler work on your dog, and get them to where they need to be. Stay tuned next for our hunting tip right after this. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. The last part of the show is our hunting tip, and that is going to be something that goes along with the two topics we talked about, with dogs that are breaking and dogs being vocal, When you have a hunting dog, you are a team out in the field. You are going to constantly have your buddies that are going to tell you to accept a retrieve that's not brought all the way back, to not talk to your dog or correct the dog when birds are coming in because, my gosh, you scared the birds away. You need to understand you are a handler first, hunter second. There are going to be times when you are going to put your gun down And you're not going to worry about shooting anything because you are going to try to work with your dog as a team to get them where they need to be. When you first get your dogs out in the field on their first hunts, I suggest to my clients, don't even take a gun. Just work with your dog. 
be a teammate with your dog so that they can be successful when they're out in the field. These are the steps we take so that we get that good bond with our dogs so they understand what they're going to get positive reinforcement from and what they're going to get negative reinforcement from, whether it's hunting or running competition. But again, we're going to fix a problem. If the problem persists, we're going to take a step back and we're going to make sure that the dog is not put in a position that the problem is going to get worse or continue. So be a good handler, work with your dog, and become a great team member. I hope today's show helped you. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.